Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Edgeard Review, where <laughs> today's Spooky Month uh, episodes are being like literally brought out as best as I can in each one. So, okay, let's retouch another uh, of Wes Craven's film, or films, if you will, uh, in a lovely little series I would like to call A Nightmare on Elm Street. Of course, uh, there's a lot to recover here, but just in case, I'm just gonna try to keep my best to work with each one as I go along. And of course, we all know there's like a lot of medias uh, out there for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a lot of things for the franchise, if you will, uh, that deals with talking about and discussing uh, how the development of each film is so instead of me uh, going on a very very uh, long dribble of many things I'm just gonna go with some of the small development story to what brings us now so of course uh, we're going to talk the, about the wonderful classic one, the first one, that came out in 1984, written and directed by Wes Craven himself. So, of course, this proceeds uh, after uh, having to be in a genre of what we like to call the slashers uh, film, which deals with uh, a psycho killer of sorts uh, going after teens, which kind of brings the trove and all that so of course uh freddy krueger who is our character who plays by robert england is the uh killer in dreams if you will and this is helps us a lot of knowing that this character just invades people's dreams and kills them uh which brings us to a uh, real life situation if you will that if you are killed in your dream, you die for real. But he's uh, known to be a specter. So, uh, he chases teens in Elm Street. Uh, in his little uh, hometown. Uh, if you would, uh, Springwood. But even so, um... They go after them because the parents of the teens uh, brutally, uh, like, get rid of them, you know? And this is in their way a, a revenge kill that uh, Freddy goes after these kids. So, of course, uh, Nancy, who is who played uh, by uh, Heather uh, Landingcamp, a great actress, and, of course, we can't forget that uh, Freddy Krueger, or at least the, the film A Nightmare on Elm Street, actually literally introduced uh, our favorite uh, actor, Johnny Depp. So, of course, uh, Nancy goes into her dreams and realizing that she tried to get him out by grabbing a hold of him, but she literally has to grab a hold of him. Uh, towards the end of the film for that one she uh, goes into like like a, a powerful I know 
you're not real anymore and kind of does that whole uh faking us out like they're one they're all that which gives our literal jump scare if you will uh that freddy's not really dead he just like trapped uh nancy in his little uh little world so to speak uh, which is also kind of scary, but it also it brought another film for uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, which uh, we are brought to another new character who took over Nancy's uh, home, uh, which there's a, a lot of drawbacks for this one. Um, well... Let me go ahead and do that right now for that one. Uh, suppose, supposedly, uh, well, you know, doing anything. This literally became a cult classic. But uh, as well as uh, no one never read the script or do anything to just realize that this is the uh, first literal homoerotic theme <laughs> and subject matter of the uh, of the whole uh, feature. Because, uh, of course, we do have um, Mark Pat- Patton, uh, who is, of course, uh, homosexual himself, uh, Kim Myers, and, of course, we had to return uh, Robert England as Freddy on this one. So, uh, the story follows a character named Jesse, who lives uh, in Nancy's home uh, after the five-year... Uh, limitations after that but uh keep in mind we have um 1985 which is literally a year after the first one and uh jesse is going through the motion of you know learning a new town learning a new place and then he stumbled upon nancy's old journal that was like uh hidden away in his closet uh a lot of strange stuff happening uh even even the infamous scene of where uh, when Lisa has her uh, pool party, it's starting to become like a weird sensation for him. And knowing that he went to uh, Brady and noticing that there's a whole transformation, which, by the way, that practical transformation of how Freddy enters the real world, uh, yeah, that was like like sidebar right there it's like a total different uh storyline in its entirety that uh freddy could return to the land of living if he wanted to <laughs> but he prefer uh going after dreams but even so uh he only can possess if you will uh one person and it was through that connection of him jesse being inside the home that leads to us seeing so us seeing uh, the Jesse's pre- progression, if you will, uh, from uh, a teen who wanted to fit into him becoming a vessel for Freddy. But even so, uh, Lisa stops him. In a way, uh, making him like have Jesse fight within Freddy, uh, revealing that 
it, it was possible for uh, Jesse to come back out uh, by Lisa confessing her love to Jesse and, you know, kind of ended it. But even so, the uh, jump scare for that one as well, uh, just like the first, uh, we are brought that... We're brought upon that Freddy's claws pops out of uh, their friend Carrie, uh, yeah, Carrie's uh, chest, uh, revealing that this whole thing could be another uh, nightmare of all things. So it's a, a bookend repeat, repetitive, where uh, the beginning of the movie where you start in a bus and then we end on a bus. Spoilers. So, uh, that would bring us to our third movie, which is 1988, or, oh, my bad, <laughs> 1987's, uh, which is a Nightmare on OC3 uh, Dream Warriors. Yes, this is the third time that we're going to see ourselves looking at this. Uh, however, uh, in the director role, we have uh, Chuck Russell. Using the screenplay written by uh, Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner uh, with Frank uh, Diabet and Chuck Russell, who also uh, co uh, co screenplay this. Uh, this brought us to another new character, uh, uh, Christine, who is being chased by, of course, Freddy again. And find herself being in a hospital of the psychiatric hospital because of uh, a warning that she might be suicidal. Uh, of course, this gives Christy a reason to try to fight back because the uh, orderly was trying to sedate her. However, the uh, new intern therapist, which, believe it or not, uh, is Nancy. Uh, from the first movie, she became a full-fledged uh, psych therapist uh, for this film, and trying to recover that she knows what Christine is going through because she lived through it. And surprisingly, uh, some of us assumed that she would be on the deep end and all that. And of course, uh, we are brought again. Robert England being the traditional Freddy, uh, with several things happening. Uh, that is both practical and not practical. Uh, there are some stop motions in this one. Uh, especially the puppeteering. There is a stop motion for that. Uh, the TV uh, situation where there was like a digital screen and uh, popping out of the head. Uh, but even so, there is... Um, there's a bit of a drawback of Freddy's backstory, if you will. Uh, because this deals with uh, the title Dream Warriors. So we are brought to the attention that uh, we find ourselves in a group uh, hypnosis. Uh, thanks to Nancy and Neil uh, proving to the group to have like a shared dream and have some powers. Of course, uh, upon doing so and not knowing what's happening, uh, Joey, one of the groups, uh, got captured and then got comatose in the real world. Um, 
whereas Neil is somehow talking to uh, Freddy, uh, not Freddy. Oh, little spoiler. By um, Sister Mary Helen. That there was a backstory to the hospital that they were in. That there was a hundred uh, mental patients who hidden away a uh, staff member of the hospital. And they constantly did bad things. And the only way to stop Freddy uh, is to lay his bones to rest. Which is uh, give him his uh, final rights uh, to his living thing. However, the only issue that they have with that is the only person who knows maybe where the bones were, uh, which is Nancy's dad, uh, ex-cop uh, Donald Thompson, who played by the late uh, John Saxton, which, by the way, he uh, also appeared in the first movie. So, of course, you know, uh, the kids rejoin... Uh, uh, the kids join with Christine uh, trying to find Joey in their dreams but uh, one by one uh, they are being separated by others uh, until uh, they realize that Freddy's becoming a little powerful because the souls that he attained over the years has been like you know a power source for him it wasn't until, uh, out of every single kid, Joey's real, you know, <laughs> his real power is literally the uh, ability to scream and talk and scream like a banshee, so to speak. Uh, so, of course, uh, upon doing so, they find at least some relief that uh, two sides are playing simultaneously. Uh, we have... Neil and Nancy's dad finding the bones but at the same time Nancy and the kids are like trying to uh, defeat Freddy and re retrieve Joey uh, now in the real world uh, yeah Nancy's dad is gone he like literally got Joey uh, if you will by the corpse of of a reanimated corpse of Freddy and realizing that there's like two simultaneous like happening he can't be in two places at once so he had to return back to uh, the land of the living or the land of uh, the dreams but even so Neil himself uh, found a way to consecrate uh, his Freddy's bones by anointing it with holy water and doing a prayer but not before long that Nancy herself suffers a, a fatal wound if you will uh, by Freddie being her dad uh, that's moving on uh, to the plane but even so got close to her to uh, did the final blow uh, it wasn't until uh, Christine was able to uh, Uh, kicked back uh, Freddy and the anointing happened uh, sadly this uh, occurred uh, trying to wish that uh, Nancy would live again on another version of dreams uh, that Kristen can build around upon uh, the funeral 
Neil discovered that the tombstone that was uh, Amanda Cougar was the uh, nun that he talked to earlier in the movie. But even so, uh, as Neil goes to sleep with the paper mache that Kristen leaves behind, uh, with Nancy having a doll to give him uh, prior to the movie, uh, there's that little flicker of light. So, meaning that, again, another uh, another continuation, if you will, of Freddy's undeniable death. Never happened. Oh, one moment. So, um, the uh, next movie, uh, which is in 1988, finally we got that one right, uh, which is the Nightmare uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, which definitely gives us a, like, a different thing. Of course, uh, the kids from the psychiatric is habilitated and able to return as normal lives, but uh, Christine feels that Freddy's still around. She has this aching feeling that he's still lurking. So she did summon uh, the kids, Joey and Kincaid, from the last last uh, one. But again, they feel like it's not possible that that they're like totally like different and all that. And even so, uh, we. We do have uh, a bit of a switch, if you will, because Tuesday night uh, wasn't the original uh, Christine uh, from the last one. Uh, the last uh, person who plays Christine from the previous movie was Patricia Arquette, but due to uh, filming for Patricia, she had to be replaced by Tuesday. Uh, in order for the film to happen. Of course we did had our return role for uh, Joe and Kincaid being coming back. So they they came back to uh, do their uh, their scenes even so. Uh, but it brings us to another person uh, who is uh, Alice. <laughs> Who is part of the new, new film uh, protagonist, if you will, uh, which is uh, Rick's sister, and we also are introduced with uh, Sheila and Debbie, uh, in that group. And even so, uh, even before the movie actually progresses, we've seen that Freddy was somehow resurrected. Uh, in the land of dreams, uh, finishing off Kincaid first, and then Joey uh, by a waterbed. I'm not gonna explain it. You're gonna have to watch it, and then finally go after. Um, finally, going after uh, Christine, but it's before long that she realized that something's weird, something's odd, and. She would try her best not to, you know, go crazy or try not to sleep. But even so, her mother uh, drugged her 
by putting pills in her food in order for her to sleep well. Uh, this ended change to having Christine uh, accidentally summon her friend Alice into the dream. But even so, she was able before her uh, dream side, or if you if you say so, if you want to say it, uh, pass on her gift to Alice in order for Alice to um, able to bring people into other dreams or or think of other things and gives us a whole new different uh, styles of dreams and uh, nightmares, if you will. So, of course, uh, with Rick, uh, he was studying his uh, martial arts. So, he uh, his scene was of a dojo uh, scenery. Uh, Sheila uh, has an asthmatic attack because she fell asleep during class. And it was there was a test. And it was all craziness. Uh, this one, even I find this very, like awesome how they did the set for this one uh debbie who is afraid of uh bugs turned into a bug uh and then freddie was able to crush her uh as a final uh final scene of the movie we have alice uh gearing up by arming every single aspect of every single kid that they've been Uh, and even so, this was uh, this is before a uh, car crash that they went into. So that's pretty much a, a, a situation where uh, someone needs to stay awake uh, because Freddy's coming after them. So of course, uh, she's remembering this little nursery rhyme of the Dream Master where she's facing Freddy, and of course, again, the. The props, the styling, all that happening is like becoming like, you know, dreamlike vibes, so to speak. So, of course, uh, Dan and Alice are, are survived. They're going on their first date because Alice had this crush on Dan for a long time. As she's throwing a coin in the fountain, uh, she's thinking she sees Freddy, but she cannot, you know, think about it. So, uh... She pretty much doesn't tell Dan what she was thinking when she was wishing. But that leaves us an opening for <laughs> another one. Which uh, leads us to, again, another year uh, pass for 1998's version of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Now... This is definitely like totally different because this is like the third act for the Dream series in the Nightmare on Elm Street. But even so, uh, it's understandable that we have like some sort of a uh, crazy thing that's happening, you know. Oh, and um, keynote, there was a hint that uh, Lin Quigley, uh, B-movie actress uh, of her own making, uh, best known for her uh, roles in uh, Return of the Living Dead, um, <laughs> uh, Slaughter in a Bowling Alley, um, Night of the Demons. She had the, this small cameo role as one of Freddy's 
soul captures, you know. Uh, but for the dream child, uh, yes, we are again uh, revisiting a new storyline uh, where Rob England's character and Lisa Cox was returning from the previous one. Uh, that we are seeing like a whole uh, re uh, revisiting, if you will, that uh, Alice is dreaming up uh, this weird backstory uh, that has a nun uh, being trapped behind uh, behind the uh, lines, if you will, of the hospital that someone was in. And even so, uh, she doesn't realize that this is like something totally different, something totally new. And the tag says Amanda Kruger on it before the whole fight and she's waking up in the middle of the morning uh of course this is before graduation and her friend Greta uh Mark and Yvonne are celebrating with Dan and herself uh how they are um doing things but uh Dan keeps referring to Alice that she controls whatever is happening to her dreams whatever is going on of course, she finds herself uh, dreaming yet again uh, back in the asylum uh, to a operating room of a birth, which is very weird. So we return back to the same place where Freddy was defeated, but even so, this baby uh, became Freddy at an alarming rate. Talk about your gross work. And... He's got like this weird feeling that he knows that something's off, something's weird. And she's contacting uh, Dan, of all things, who fell asleep on route somehow. And even so, this one's also a practical uh, work because there was a lot of like thought into creating this. So we have a person who turns into literally his bike. And I think it was cool, a lot of prosthetics, a lot of, like, works to attach that, uh, revealing that Dan is, uh, unalive, if you will. Uh, but even so, she doesn't realize until she's visiting a, uh, <laughs> which is very weird. She's in the hospital, she gets this kid visiting her, who announced he is Jacob. And before she even wondered what's going on, she finds out she's pregnant. And Dan's sadly dead, but even so, she's wondering about Yvonne's wondering like the way there's kids on on the floor, and there was no children's ward, let alone no kid. So haha, tip tip. So uh, Alice had no choice but to tell her new friends uh, about Freddie. And Yvonne's refusing, but both uh, Greta and Mark is understanding what's going on. However, for Greta, she had a uh, dinner party to attend with her family, but she accidentally fell asleep. Uh, of course, uh, the weird part is that uh, due to Greta's uh, inert ability to become a supermodel, she is uh, literally what supermodels not supposed to do 
uh, which is like starving themselves, which is a very bad thing. Uh, there is there is always a healthy thing to do, uh, becoming a model. Uh, which luckily uh, back then it was a totally different time. But she uh, literally uh, died in front of her mother and her guests, leaving uh, Alice and Yvonne visiting Mark, who is grieving about the news, and making Mark like dream up this fantasy character he keeps designing and making. And it, it and then there's something that else is. Alice is wondering, like, can babies dream? Which making uh, the baby inside Alice uh, the conduit uh, that Freddy is teching people while being awake. And weirdly enough, it makes Freddy also makes the baby like him, like absorbing these souls that he's feeding, which is very odd. So they're. They're trying to figure out. They're wondering, like, why is there a connection? Why am I thinking about Amanda Kruger? So it comes out to realize that Amanda Kruger is, well, of course, Freddy's mom. And she's trying to find a way how to, like, completely uh, release her, if you will. So, uh... Yvonne's visiting the old ruins of the asylum to find uh, Amanda's remains, uh, whereas uh, Alice is fighting for her baby's life as well as hers, realizing that Freddy's been inside of her this entire time. And of course, you know, there's a power exchange between Jacob and Freddy, which Jacob gives all the abilities back to Freddy, which reveals uh, a little infant born size uh, Freddy. Being small, uh, whereas Jacob, after releasing, is also a baby himself, uh, which gives us the prominent uh, ceiling scare that we have. But uh, not before long to have ourselves another jump scare that, yes, a little Jacob is born uh, with his grandfather, his mother, and Yvonne. And then in the uh, foreground, if you will, because we are zooming away from, we're seeing three kids doing jump rope in white dresses, singing the rhyme from Freddy. Now this is like totally different in many ways on how we do that. So uh, somehow in this little written storyline here, we are now uh, someone in the final pay- phase uh, for this one that we have. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. It's not literally like redubbed or retitled uh, until later for A Nightmare on Elm Street 6, The Final Nightmare, which is a 1991 film that kind of discontinues the uh, series, if you will, for uh, the generational uh, slashers. And we are brought that... uh, Everything in the world is totally different. There is like this teen uh, who survives the whole Springwood uh, City's uh, disaster with all teens and all that. But due to uh, due to a injury that 
this John Doe suffered, he can't remember who he is or where he came from. So, of course, uh, miles away to a nearby city, we're in another town, if you will, that shelters troubled youth and everything. You gotta understand, the early 90s, we were, like, seeing, like, a rise of, you know, children misbehaving and everything. So this this definitely helps the whole thing out with troubled teens and how they were being rebellious and all that. So again, we're meeting with a new brand of characters. Uh, uh, Tracy, Spencer, Carlos, as well as... Uh, Maggie, Dr. Maggie Barbroach, Bar- uh, Dr. Maggie. Uh, that's helping these kids trying to be rehabilitated. Um, but even so, um, the weird part is, is that they noticed that uh, this John Doe ended up being with uh, Tracy, Carlos, and Spencer uh, trying to find out what's going on. So Dr. Maggie is helping this John knowing that there was a like a clue or a hint that where he came from was Springwood. So they had to travel all the way to Springfield outside of a van, or in a van, to find out what's going on. Bringing along with Tracy, Spencer, and Carlos uh, towards Elm Street, which ironically is the former home of Freddy Cougar, which they find themselves like camping out while Dr. Maggie and John figuring out who's who and what what. Uh, sadly, uh, the clues were, like, John could be the son of the killer. Because he was left alive and he was, like, trying to do something for dear or Dodd. So, of course, you know, we are in another trivial pursuit, if you will, of having, uh, missing Carlos and Spencer... Spencer, uh, being of a 90s gamer, uh, which plays with an old school Nintendo, and sadly, Carlos, uh, revisiting his, uh, his childhood, so to speak, uh, gets, uh, jammed in the ear and blown up, so to speak, uh, by high-pitched sounds, because Carlos in the movie is partially deaf, or at least, uh, Intended death, uh, death, uh, which is totally different. Uh, uh, the uh, whole thing, uh, Freddy realized that uh, it wasn't really John being his son. He just realized that John brought his daughter. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not giving it away just yet. But even so... Um, before John died, he pretty much tell Maggie that it wasn't a boy. And that kind of hints to Maggie like something's going on, you know? Now, uh, with Tracy and Maggie returning back to the shelter and they're trying to find out what's going on, um, the only person who doesn't realize who is who was... Uh, Tracy and Maggie and Doc realizing that they can remember about John, Spencer, and Carlos, but
but even so, no one else does because they all uh, unalive on uh, Springwood. So upon trying to research him for many things, Maggie realized she was adopted, but she wasn't like adopted uh, for a sense of being redacted. So she just realized that uh, the whole redaction uh, became like, oh my god, I'm literally, I'm re- literally related to this guy, because her birth given name was Catherine Kruger, which gives us Freddy his daughter. Spoiler, but even so, uh, Freddy was allowed to leave Springwood to enter into the world that Maggie lives, which is a I would say almost like a old Detroit look feel. You know, it's pretty much run down. It's violence on the streets. Then again, that was the 90s. That was very crazy. And of course, uh, we are suffering the same routine that we did in the first one, where she was able to pull Freddy out of the dream. And then, of course, the whole slew of uh, things happening. Of course, Freddy's, you know, as the title goes. Uh, but also revealing that uh, Freddy also made a deal with devils, if you believe that. But even so, uh, this gives us our end run of there's no, like, there was no, like, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back. No, he was literally just, like, blown the smithereens at the end. I don't think he's coming back from that. But even so, uh, back then, you know, there was a lot of talks and everything. Even so, uh, during this time, uh, there was, besides New Line Cinema's uh, deal, there was literally a uh, hint, if you will, uh, on one of the uh, Friday the 13th films, which I'll probably explain it on another another podcast later, about how Freddy came back. Hold on. So, just to kind of give us our own idea of what's going on, of course, uh, there was a lot and I do mean a lot, a lot of, you know, not so much demand, but more of the popularity. So we are brought, again, uh, having to see a whole new genre of scary films coming back again, if you will. And we are introduced in 1994, A New Nightmare. Now, of course, we're getting back in his director sheet as well as the penciling of Wes Craven. He created this series uh, as well, but this is the uh, standalone installment of the franchise, if you will, because this is definitely like something that you normally wouldn't see. But even so, this is something that needs to be told in a different sense. So, of course, uh, we are in uh, lovely Los Angeles, California for the setting. And we are visited with a person named Chase and Sun Jun. But the mother of this terrestrial character uh, to this young man is none other than Heather Landingcap. 
whom in in previous versions we know this was Nancy Thompson uh, from the original series, but this is outside the film, outside the movie. Which we're noticing that there's a a new nightmare being put together, and Chase is one of the、uh, special effects、uh, artist that's putting together. Which,、uh, literally, the the claws of、uh, Freddy Krueger, which is a mechanical claw now, comes to life and just like you know starts doing its slashing thing, and then、uh, sure enough, she wakes up, knowing that、uh, even though she's waking up to an earthquake <laughs> opening、uh, opening up on things, she noticed like there's a pattern of claws going through. So of course,、uh, before she's like, you know, doing other things, talking about the new nightmare film,、uh, she is literally、uh, unaware that、uh, New Line Cinema, haha,、uh-huh, uh, was pitching the idea of the new nightmare movie, which she had a weird dream of, but never been told that her husband Chase was working on it. So、uh, of course we are introduced with a lot of things. Of we do have、uh, Dylan being、uh, the young man,、uh, played by、uh, I believe Milo. Yes, Milo Hughes, popular、uh, young man who was also famous for being in Pet Cemetery、uh, as Gage. Uh, kindergarten cop. I'm not gonna say that line.、Uh, Spawn as that little boy who、uh, helped him、uh, in '97,、uh, as well as Mercury Rising uh, uh, as a character. Of course, he is a full-grown man now, so that's totally different. So、uh, we also have like his nanny. But even so,、uh, there was always the talk about、uh, New Line Cinema doing a Freddy film again,、uh, which surprisingly it, it was like weird to hear this from. And、uh, John Saxon, who plays、uh, a co-star and longtime friend, but not her dad in real life, she is advising her to be careful and. Whatever, because after hearing the death of her husband Chase,、uh, who literally slapped behind the wheel or something and got clawed, if you will,、uh, Dylan's starting to become, you know, weird and like becoming dis disconnected, if you will. And of course,、uh, we are having this motion that、uh, Robert England not only plays the Villain again, but also himself in the film, and this gives us this weird like, oh, okay, Freddy was a nice guy. <laughs> I'm kidding,、uh, but even so,、uh, the entity is giving like Robert England like weird vibes, like something's weird. And Wes Craven literally wrote this as if he's like dreaming it. Which,、uh, as as a filmmaker, sometimes it happens.、Uh, not a lot of art imitating life does that to things, but even so, that's like it's a thought process of happening. So of course,、uh, we are seeing a lot of craziness happening.、Uh, Heather's hair 
turns at least a streak of white, like before in the first movie. Uh, giving us that, like, weird, like, okay, this is totally stressing her out. This is totally weird. And it wasn't until later that Heather realized that the only way she can protect herself and Dylan is by visiting Freddy again. Because Freddy literally wants that story to end with him and Nancy. So, of course, uh, she tricks uh, Freddy by having Dylan go into the boiler room. He doubles back and... Pushes Freddy into the furnace by also lighting it, causing his, causing Freddy's reality and himself to disappear because that's all nothing but the, you know, that's nothing but the franchise. That's something that's not, you know. But at the end, we are presented with a completed screenplay. <laughs> Of everything that is written, and thanks to thanks to Nancy, Wes can finally rest at ease, knowing that Freddy's defeated, and she gets to play Nancy one last time. So that kind of gives us the, you know, kind of underline of how things were if you're an actress. But even so, it's like, you know, something totally different and. Definitely nothing's supposed to be coming chasing after you. <laughs> and everything. But even so, um, in truth, uh, this whole thing just like came out of left field for Wes Craven. Because he was thinking of, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I like to put in like a studio, if you will. And if you think that was the last we we're going to hear from it, nah, nah. Not nearly nine years. Uh, close to it, if you will. We are brought the tutorial collaboration that we're all dying to see. And this is like back in 2003. And believe you me when I say this, this was actually hinted back at a uh, movie uh, in 93 for Jason. I'm not going to spoil it, but even so, I'm going to say it into another episode that's coming up. Maybe, I don't know. But even so, there was a hint right there uh, that give us, like, yeah, we're going to see a Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees film. Don't know when, don't know how. Until 2003. Which gives us our ever-crossover sequel, so to speak. Or just the, you know, crossover for it. Uh, to bring, you know, the last of whatever's going on. So... Of course, you gotta pay respects. You know, Freddy Krueger was a character of Russ Craven, and Victor Miller was literally the creator of Jason. Uh, produced by Son Cunningham at the time of him uh, doing New Line Cinema, helping to produce uh, this little particular thing. Uh, the collaboration of Damien Shannon and Mark Swift putting together this film, directed by Ronnie Young, Ronnie Yoon, having both Freddy and Jason uh, go do battle. So, of course, somehow, in many ways, we're opening to having a Jason Voorhees opening up uh, from Camp Crystal Lake 
finding a way to be reawakened to go after the teens of Springwood. Uh, we were brought to the attention of Lord Campbell, who, uh, ironically, uh, sleeps in a house, maybe similar to where it was or not. I don't know. But even so, she's with her friends with uh, Kia and Gib, and of course uh, her boyfriend and his buddy Blake end up being like. Going over, and yes, of course, you know the the three rules of not to do when in the horror film happen. So, of course, uh, we have our first death uh, that Jason unalive's tray uh, gives boyfriend, and then later on, uh, Blake gets unalive by Jason. And then it thought it would be like a murder-suicide case closed and all that. Now, a lot of people are thinking weird. Not far from them. It is, of course, we're revisiting the psychiatric hospital uh, back in Springwood. Uh, we have Will and his buddy Mark uh, find a way how to escape. And all chaos ensues the, almost the next day, I believe. Because, of course, everyone's, like, you know, getting, like, getting out of there, getting all that. Uh, but even so, uh, there was an issue with one of the deaths that Freddy was going to, you know, unalive someone in their dream. But Jason got to him first. So we're, bu- we're brought to the attention that, hey, that's not cool, dude. So, of course, now there is a collaboration that after Will and Mark escaped the hospital, they're finding out that uh, Jason is the cause of all the unaliving in the real world. And the only way that they can probably get Freddy is to pull him out of the dream. So, of course, you know, uh, cast and suits in the dreamland between Freddy and Jason. But of course, Freddy gets one over because he's like literally in the dream world. That's like not, you know, real whatever. He can't get, you know, unlife there a lot. So, of course, we're brought the attention that we're getting an idea that Jason should be going back to Chris Lake. We don't need him being here in Springwood. The city will be probably put, put to town in fear and everything. And, of course, gives us, you know, our battle at Camp Crystal Lake between Freddy and Jason. Because, uh, Lori decides to pull, uh, Freddy out of the dream just in time to a moment that, uh, Will injects her with, uh, adrenaline. That will wake up anyone. So, of course, we're having a a burned-down campsite and everything's exploding. And assuming, because, well, some of us noticed that, you know, the battle is a little violent. <laughs> the battle is going crazy, and, of course, we have uh, Freddy holding a machete. Almost almost killing uh, Laurie and Will. But, uh, sadly, uh, 
Jason unalives Freddy again with his own hand. Um, now, here comes the difference between the two films. Because yes, there was a uh, there was an alternate scene for uh, this one to have literally Freddy wins because Laurie and Will was gonna get, do their first time, which that was not gonna happen. But uh, in the scenes that some of us seen, which is not the alternate cut, we have uh, J- uh, Jason coming out of the waters uh, at Camp Crystal Lake. Holding the severed head of Freddy, and without without a beat, if you will, uh, Freddy's head just like winks at the camera as a fourth wall uh, hint, and even so, that's like that was it. So it's over. <laughs> uh, guessing. It was Freddy. Who won? But here's the issue. Uh, a lot of people still doesn't like do anything, and even so, uh, this one would be uh, Robert England's final take, uh, being on set, wearing the makeup, uh, because they're. You gotta understand when you're wearing makeup uh, for film sets, it does uh, change over time, causing uh, rashes, uh, irregularities, uh, scarring, and this is what Robert England had to do for each of the Freddy films. Now, of course, uh, latex has become a little safer. Uh, it's always been used for uh, a one-use deal. Spear gum, uh, obviously not too crazy, hopefully. <laughs> but even so, uh, it's not as dangerous as it was before. Uh, some people have done other things with it. Uh, I know that uh, my local uh, haunted house uh, places usually do a ton of makeup and all that work. And even so, I'm not behind the scenes like I normally would be. For a scare team, uh, I know that uh, a lot of good stuff comes out of that. But even so, uh, that would be the last uh, that we heard from Robert England being of the t- of the person. But that's not the end of the film. No, 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 no. We are brought to what I believe now is the somewhat final. But you know, there could be something else. But. Here's the thing. We are brought to the final act, if you will, and this is because of remakes. All right, and this is like one of these things that you can't just unseen after the remake. So of course, uh, 2010, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, which of course uh, brings us a retelling of the old story. However, new cast members, new things.、Uh, it was produced by Michael Bay. Uh, Andrew Form and Brad Fuller, and starring Jackie Earl Haley, Kyle Gillner,、uh, Ronnie Mara,、uh, Kate, Katie Cassidy, and Kyle Lutz. Yeah.、Um, 
Now, in truth, um, the use of digital uh, imagery or CGI propelled us to do this scene very closely. Uh, of course, doing the whole uh, scenes that are uh, different from the first one uh, be much more scarier uh, than the other one. And uh, Jackie's role as Freddy, uh, though top-notch, uh, did give us a different thing. There was always an issue, on the other hand, that uh, that the role literally made his character a little more creepy. But it's only the betrayal. Just the betrayal, not the... Um, not how the lines were given or how it was and it it pretty much gave a uh, whole new perspective of how remakes can turn into good film series to bad ones if you will so of course uh again Again, this is a, a retelling of it. Uh, we are introduced into a diner instead. And of course, little by little, each teen are, is getting introduced and killed off once in a while. Now, the story pace on its own is totally different from the first one. Because we are approaching each character softly and somewhat give ourselves a, a more like a revolve around the uh the characters because even though this is a remake we know that this is like something totally different that we are expecting almost similar to the first one although we are introduced with many things about sleep and drugs towards the end of the film of course it did also recap on Freddy's uh, origin story, if you will, but not in the way that we would like it. Uh, of course, uh, Rooney Mara uh, playing Nancy, as well as uh, Kyle playing Quentin, which is the uh, Johnny Depp's character, if you will. It's, it's very different to see that comparing to, um, you know, the Russell Pool or the uh, Fountain Pool, if you will. And even so, it was like totally different, totally like insane to see something totally like out of left field. But even so, uh, I'm kind of happy <laughs> to see that uh, there's like a few things happening and some reworks has been made but even so uh they did able to pull freddy out of this dream but there's no you know there's no remnants no whatever and even so uh, at the end uh nancy's mom <laughs> gets that jump scare pull but even so it doesn't happen like it didn't, it didn't happen he just literally grabbed her crashed to the mirror and then the mirror reconstructed right after her while she's screaming out to nowhere now i'm not going against whatever they've written they have done many things 
to reward this movie as much as the first one. But there is no, and I hate to say it like this, there is no like ideal for this uh, film to continue on after the remake. But there is, uh, there is like, there is something to like rethink of how to approach this one. But even so, uh, future uh, Freddy films, if you will, are just in the loop right now. They're in like some sort of uh, production uh, purgatory. Uh, that some people keep telling me that there is actually one. Because there's always like a constant, you know, we can revisit the script, but we can't see the script. Uh, there's a lot of details that is a little not safe. And even so, uh, I wish I could like look at these things and say that there's a possibility, but there might be a few change, a few write-ups, a few rewrites. But you know, it's not in my hands. Also, uh, they are just being considered uh, as TV series, which we all know there was a TV series back then uh, dealing with uh, Freddy's nightmares. <laughs> uh, almost like similar to Tales from the Crypt, but not too much on the nose. Uh, that ran successfully for a year, and that was like late 80s, early 90s. That deals with just, you know, something happening to the person and not having literally Freddy going after them. Of course, you know, that that's not going to be, you know, well thought for, you know, works. But even so, uh, the TV series did give it a shot. But who knows? Maybe we'll see that in the future. Anyways, I would like to thank you for listening to another episode of Edward's Review. I do appreciate you guys grabbing a gander. Uh, I hope you guys uh, are having a great time. Uh, we are almost at the home stretch, if you will, of the uh, episodes. We are we are T minus like ten days, if I have to say so myself. Ten days till Halloween. So, uh, again, I like to thank you guys for uh, taking a listen of this whole thing, and you guys have a wonderful time. Peace. See you later. Hey guys, I want to thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I'm also know, known to be over at not only Spotify, but as well as... Oh, wow. I'm also on Spotify, Breaker... Uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and public, uh, Radio Public. So, yeah, if you guys uh, want to keep on uh, listening, uh, besides me covering certain stories, uh, just shoot me a message on my review page uh, over at anchor.fm slash, uh, forward slash Edward dash Castro 5. That is uh, C-A-S-T-R-O, and as a joke, no relation. <laughs>